Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Leader of, of the army. So he'd had two major battles up to this point in, uh, before they got to the Jordan. And uh, I, I don't like saying King Og, but that was one of them, Sion. So he, he, wasn't, he wasn't courageous in the fight of fighting because he knew how to fight. He was leading the army. He'd also been a spy. He'd gone out into land and came back, like with Caleb, with a great report, saying, surely we can do this. God's with us. Surely we can do this. And uh, just think about that a little bit in your life. You know, just as those words, surely I can do this because God is with me. And this is what God's beginning to speak to, to Joshua about. Now, of course, the first mention to the promised land is found back in Genesis to Abraham. Abraham is promised by God that I'm going to give you a land. It's going to be rich, fertile land, and this is a land you're going to go into. So when, when Abraham left Ur of Chaldeans, he was traveling into a land. So this is something that God had planned a long time ago. And for some of us, we're still waiting on things God said to us. You know, God is never slow. You need to understand that he's never slow he always turns up on time, but he's doing a great work within us to bring us to a point where we are at that point where God can begin to use us. You know, I listened to a great preach once, you shouldn't be there if you need to be here. And if you're here and you need to be there, then you're in the wrong place. And some of us are having to learn to be where God is putting us. And this is a great journey that we're going through in this thing. So the land that they're about to cross into the promised land that they've been talking about is nothing new. It's been promised a long time ago. And I want you to understand why God is speaking to Joshua about fear and discouragement. Because Joshua has walked with Moses for a long time. The Bible says he was his minister, his pastor. Moses had a pastor. It was Joshua. Joshua was with him all the way through. He'd walked with him. They talked together, they shared together, they were together in everything. And actually, you know, it was like his dad. And so he was always had someone to go to. Now he's got no one to go to. And so he's got this great responsibility on top of him, a promise of God to go into a land on his own. He's got no other person now to talk to. So when God's speaking to him, it's about the fear that he's carrying in his heart that lots of us carry in our heart anyway. You know, that's when fear grips us. So Joshua is now a place where God's not talking to him about the courage to fight. He's talking to him about overcoming what's in your heart. And so this real kind of message is all about how do we do those things. And of course, for, you know, most people, when they need courage, they go to all the wrong places. It's usually drink. You know, that's where lots of people go to quell their fears to try and deal with what's going on inside them. Rather than face their fears, which is what we're called to do, we find ways around our fears without ever having to deal with them. And um, so we're in this place where God is now encouraging him to do a couple of things, to be courageous, be strong, which we like. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to be. I guess we all want to be brave and strong and courageous, don't we? Don't you? Okay. Wasn't a, it was meant to come back, um, you know, because there's something in us that wants to do those things. But when it comes to counting the cost, it's, it's now a different proposition. And this is what Joshua is now faced with, not a daydream. 
because some of us have been promised things but the reality of what we're walking into frightens us and so Joshua is now standing on the banks of the Jordan waiting to cross over and um, two things will always come to you guaranteed you'll always have two companions when you step out to do something for God something new something in your job something in your family something that you're going to do something that's outside your comfort zone you'll have two companions that'll always turn up fear and discouragement they'll always show up because they're the things that will nullify you to do nothing do you know I, I guess probably age wise now I don't know I don't ever watch wrestling but there used to be um tag team wrestling anybody remember that any older people here you know that um so you used to kind of get two people and then they'd kind of batter the guy and then they'd tag their friend and he'd jump on them and kick them a bit more that's fear and discouragement for you that's how they work it's one's a frontal attack and then they touch someone else and something comes to your discouragement you know so we, we're constantly caught with these two things we have to fight and uh, it's, no, it's no surprise to me and I've been around counselling long enough to know that um, these things these things are in people's lives continually and it's a sadness for me but we all have them you've got your fears you've got your discouragements they live with you you know what they are sometimes they're irrational sometimes but we live with them but they have an effect on us and this is what God doesn't want Joshua to, to, to be stuck with or you he doesn't want you to be caught in this place. He doesn't want you to be caught with those fears and things. This is what Nelson Mandela said. I've learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not, the, not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And that's exactly what we're having to do now, is learn about what is affecting us. I've, I've been involved in counselling coaching, you know, I've probably told you lots of times over 25 years and it never ceases to amaze me how many people don't know who they are don't know who they are in God and they don't know who they are themselves they don't know who they are they've never found out who they really are they're going on a journey of discovery but they've never really ever find out and every day they wake up and wonder why they get mugged during the day because they're never prepared for it because they've not taken the time to find out who they should be. And, and God's got a plan and a purpose. We know that. In Jeremiah, he's got a plan and purpose for your life. It's going to do you good. It's going to bring you a future and a hope. It's not there to hurt you and, and cause you grief. He wants you to do, but you have got to wise up. And you've got to start realising who God created you to be. And these are the things that Joshua is now facing. This is all going through his head. Do you know how quickly things go through your head? You know, that the assembly, as soon as we put a thought in there, it begins to work. As soon as you've got a smell or a taste, everything begins to work in this powerhouse that we all have called our mind. It's an incredible thing. So this is where Joshua is. And um, the, the thing we fear is it's got another trip side to it. So um, I'm not a great theme park person. It really doesn't do it for me. I don't understand why people want to do it. But it's the same fear that creates excitement that's the fear that does the exact opposite. Is there any kind of theme park people here who love? No? I took um, uh, the kids, well done, no fear. Yeah, you'll grow up. Um, yeah, one day. Um, I have my own fear of watching West Ham every week. That's kind of enough for me. 
to, to deal with it. But, but it's that fear that really gets hold of people. 60% of people said they suffer with either one or more irrational fears in their life. Now, they know they're irrational, but they still rule them. And so it causes in our life a number of things if we don't deal with it. This is why God's speaking about this, because if you don't deal with it, it will cause certain things to grow in you. Bitterness, resentment, always come out of these things. It always becomes something that gets inside us when fear rules us. It's always somebody else's problems doing to us. Um, so confusion, despair, and lack of trust. They all come out of this, this root of fear. Now, it's not just fear of something because that's healthy. It causes adrenaline in us and we need that. This is a spirit of fear that grabs us. And this is totally different because it, it begins to destroy us. And there's three things, well, there's four things. There's three things that will come up on your screen. Paralyzes potential. It will stop you doing anything because you'll be so fearful Proverbs says the slugger can't even bring the spoon to his mouth. He won't turn the door on his hinges. He's frightened to go outside because there's a lion out there and it could get me. And so we have this fear all around us and it becomes so unhealthy that it dominates our life. It stops you growing. It will continually stop you growing. As soon as you get anywhere, these two companions will turn up and convince you that that's not going to happen. It's a conversation that goes on that tells you you can't do what you're just about to do and then you become scared in it. It destroys your dreams. When you get fear in you, your dreams start disappearing because you can't see God in this. You're ruled by fear and it ruins relationships. I can't tell you how many relationships have been destroyed by fear and it causes angst and it causes nastiness in in relationships nasty words spoken that you can't take them back you know when you've spoken words out the bible says the words you speak are life or death and unfortunately when we get into these places with fear and we get uncomfortable and we start getting angry and bitter with people we spew out words that the bible says we shouldn't be saying we start saying things because we've not thought about it. We, we let our emotions govern us and run us and rule us. And so this simple statement God's saying to Joshua is not so simple. What he's trying to say is do not get to that place because you will not cross the Jordan, you won't go into the promised land and you won't see everything I promised you. If you let this rule you, it will destroy you. If you're ruled by the spirit of fear, then today you need to break that and we'll pray that that will be broken over you because it's destroying your life. It's destroying everything you could be because you're so frightened about what could be. And, you know, even in promotions, people are so scared they won't go for them. Um, the real word for, for courage, I want to spend, a, you know, I know I'm labouring this point, the real word for, the Latin word for courage is core. It means heart. And this is really where we're getting to because what it says is courage is commonly defined as being motivated from the heart to do something brave. This is God speaking to us about doing great exploits for the good of other people. This is not just about going out having a scrap or a fight. This is about God saying, I'm putting something in you that is a giant inside you that's bigger than anything out there because I'm with you. 
And this is what he's saying to Joshua. There's a land out there, you know, probably a million people in Canaan, probably a bit more. Um, and you're going to go over and there's great walled cities and there's going to be great things. And do you know, what did the first spies say? We were like grasshoppers in their sight and in our own. This is how we see ourselves. And God's saying, you are not a grasshopper. You are incredible. You can do incredible things. I put something in you to do great exploits for me. And the reason it drives in you is because your heart is, I'm doing it for God. And so this is where God is taking him. And you've got to think about the dreams God's putting into you that aren't happening. You know, some of it is because you won't allow them to happen because you're too fearful about the possibility that God might be moving you to something. It's outside your comfort zone. What about those things God's placed within you that sort of are dreams that are going forward? All those things, Joshua's facing this and so are you in this world that we're going into. So this is what Winston Churchill said and uh, um, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is courage to continue that counts. It's always the same. Every great champion gets up one more time than his foe. The Bible says a righteous man rises seven times. And of course we know that means we keep on rising up because you will never be put down until you decide you're going to stay down. And God is saying all these things to Joshua. This is the language that's going on in Joshua's mind. I have called you with purpose and plan to do something great. And he said the same to you. He's called you to something. He's put something within you. Now you can either kill it or you can let it grow. And if you start letting this grow and believe what God says and say, I'm going to be courageous and bold, it's going to take steps, it's going to mean change, I am going to start seeing great things. And you will start to see God move. Three things that, God, that we need. And uh, I'm going here not to go out on, uh, you know, rah, rah, courage. I want you to understand there's certain things that God says you need to do. I've told you all the way through. There's conditions unconditional promises and unconditional promises and some things you've got to do number one Joshua lived with God's promises I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates all of the Hittite country to the great sea on the west no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life now God had promised this land, unconditional. This is, uncon I'm giving you this land. Conditional, you've got to take it, you've got to live in it and you've got to do what I'm telling you to do. Live right with me and then you will be prosperous. And so, interestingly, Israel only ever took less than 10% of the land that was promised to them because they didn't believe it. There were fights that needed to happen. And you're going to have scraps and you're going to have fights in your life. And sometimes you've got to stand up and say, I'm not backing down on this because this is God and I need to stand on these promises. I'm not moving away from this. Other fights are not worth having. They're just a waste of time, energy. They take everything from you, you know, and some things are not worth the effort. Some things are. And so we have to kind of keep on going back to God's promises. What did God say to me? And we've got to start seeing those come through and so the same with you and I God promises certain things but if you don't take the promises they won't happen you've got to get God's promise and then you've got to outlive God's promise 
You can't live on it like someone else is doing it or it's someone else's response. You have got to start understanding what God's saying to you and start taking hold of his promises. And that's exactly what Joshua did. No one will stand up against you all the days of your life. What an incredible thing when we realise when God is with us, the majority is with us. And so he steps out knowing these things. Joshua walked out with this incredible knowledge that he was his protection, his provision, and he would be with him. Same as he is with you. And there's nothing new in there. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah. But no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. Any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. This is what God's servants can expect. I see to it that everything works out for the best. Now, this is from the message, so it's slightly different. No weapon was forged that will work against you. But this is the truth. Nothing can harm you. This is what God is saying to your life. You, we've got to start entering into something where we believe this stuff. So we need to understand God's promises, but we also need to understand God's precepts, the word of God. You know, continually take you back to the same place. We need to know what God's saying. We need to know to be in our in our Bible, this is what it says. Be careful to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Do you see the conditions? We were just talking you know, earlier with Kev and and Elliot just about you know just reading the word of God and you know sometimes taking a small little point and, and meditating on it thinking on it letting God enlarge it on us letting God get it into us and because it is so it is so important for us to have this word in us it's almost going out empty in the morning when we don't go to the same things prayer and the word and um, of course the, the Jews at the time took this to the extreme um, and, and so they would carry this word on their wrists and around their heads, little boxes they, they wear. And you can still see them in Israel now, called teflin. Um, and, um, and so phylacteries. They, they, and because Jesus talks to them about this, about the Pharisees and scribes, said they walk around with these big boxes on their heads and on their wrists to show how grand they are. Their robes are big because they, everyone needs to know how important I am. And of course the Jews took this and even to the fact that on their houses they have little boxes where there's a prayer when you go in. Um, and so they took this really from, from, uh, from Deuteronomy. And this is, it says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so, of course, they took this literally and they, they started doing that. Now, I don't imagine that we're all going to come to church with boxes on our heads next week. I, I, would, be, I would be astounded if we did. But this is what the Bible was kind of encouraging. This is um, um, really a, a life first for me. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is the same thing, is that we need to get this Bible in us so that we live and begin to breathe with a different language. And so for us, getting God's word in us is so important. The Bible Society have done a, a recent survey that said less than 9% of people in the UK read their Bible every day. 
less than 9%. And only 50% read their Bible a couple of times a month or during the year. So this word of God, that if you speak to people, the things that we should do, the disciplines, read your Bible, pray, are the least things we do. And incredible, isn't it? How we think God's going to work in our life when we don't do the things that we should do. And of course, you know, the current tendency and trend is not, and this is not just about reading the word, this is online. Now, really, there's no place you can't go where you can't get the Bible. Really. I mean, it's so available to us all. But we seem to have entered into something where we're going further and further and further away from the things of God. And so, for me, it's a sadness. Sadness that, you know, I try and write, but they actually said we shouldn't write anymore. We should do it all on the computer. Handwriting's a thing of the past. What a sadness, you know, for authors and writers, because that's where all your thinking comes from. And we, we want to stop things flowing. And of course, this is so essential to us. So we've got to keep on. And God's presence. It says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And of course, these same promises are made by Jesus to us in, in Matthew. And um, Joshua knew what it was to, to hold on to these promises, the word of God, to meditate upon it. Because God says, if you do these things, you will be prosperous, you'll be successful. And that's what the promise is bringing us into. And so when Joshua was facing across in the Jordan, taking on the southern kings and the northern kings with, with what God had told him, a seven-year campaign to take the country and continually, 31 kings they were going to actually deal with. We are standing on a new commandment to go into all the world. They were going into the promised land, but our promised land is the world around us. It's Belper, it's your school, it's your workplace, it's where you go. It's taking this with us. And so we come back to the Great Commission for me. This is what it says. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Didn't I tell you? It would always come. So you've got 11 disciples going to the mountain that Jesus told them to go to, and Jesus is there, and they doubted. You can put something in front of somebody and say it's white and they'll say it's black. You know, people have this incredible way about them to doubt. Even when the evidence is laid out in front of them, they will still doubt. And um, there was a, a great thing done by pilots. I, I read uh, a book many years ago that was probably one of the influential in, in helping me coach. It was called The Naked Pilot. It was talked about communication in the cockpit and how pilots are trained. So they, they did this little test. So there were eight pilots going up and uh, they, they gave them a quiz. So three, four choices, you had to tick one. So anyway, the last pilot came up and, um, and he, he ticked the box and the, the guy that was running the course said to him, are you sure that's the right box? He said, I shouldn't be saying this to you, but all the others put down B and you put down C. And he said, well... Yeah, but that's the distance it will take you to get there. I know that's the distance it will take you. He said, well, I'm only just telling you because I really want you to pass because you're going to be a great pilot and it's all going to be great. And, um, and he said, but I think you probably might have made the wrong choice. 
It's probably it's C, you know, it should be different. So the guy ticked a different box because influence of other people made him choose the wrong choice, even when he knew in his mind it was the right thing to do because everybody else had said to him, no, this is the way we go. He had chosen to go that way. And the same happens with you and me. We can run with the mob and the crowd because that's what we think everyone's saying or we can hear God and maybe we're standing up against the other people. And we've got to be clear on these things because when God promises you something, it's not because everyone else is saying, yeah, that's right. Because sometimes we know it's not. Have you done things in your life where you know it's wrong, but you still do it? You can show me, have you? Because we all have. Or if you don't, then you're probably not telling the truth. Um, because we all have. We know, we know we do things. People with habits still do bad habits even though they know they're bad habits. Why do we keep doing Because we're familiar with them. They make sense. So here we have still the disciples. This might encourage a lot of us still with some doubts. And this is what he goes on to say. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he's passed it on to you, by the way. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This same promise that Joshua took, Joshua, is the same promise God's given to us. When you go out into this world, when you cross the Jordan, now it might not be a river, it might be a high street, but when you cross, I'm going to go with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. If you do these things, if you carry my promise, my word, and my presence, which we preached on, you're going to be successful. So if we will do these things, sometimes it means we've got to stand against the crowd. Now, I worked on a building site, and um, everybody used to go in on a... On a kind of Monday and say where they've been over the weekend do you know you have that kind of fear when someone asks you what have you done on the weekend and you say mm, I did something you know because you don't want to say you've been to church because that's not what you do on a building site um, and so I decided that I was going to take my bible on because my the pe people I was working for my contractors he was a Catholic and told me he knew everything about the bible so I took the bible on with me and put it down amongst all the other material and some of it probably wasn't good but I put my Bible down and um, I wanted people to know that I, I love God. Now, without only one person, an old plaster would never talk to me, but everybody else on the site talked to me individually about their marriages, about things. When I walked around the site, um, I used to get, Holy Joe, you don't need to go up the step ladder, you'll float up there. You can walk across this, you can do anything, you don't need to do... I used to get all that, but you know... I got, the, I got all the ribbon from the people, but individually, they wanted to know God. They wanted to hear God. They wanted to pray for him. Now, we have got to learn something from this. We've got to learn that because the world says, perhaps that we're a minority, which we're not, and we don't want to know, perhaps that's what we've got to believe. The exact truth is the opposite to all that. People do not want to know about Christ. They do want to know about life. They do want to know about how they do things. They do want you to pray for them. We're too frightened to do those things. We're crossing in with incredible courage because this is the courage that God's talking about. It's the courage in your workplace to speak to someone 
where you've been frightened to talk to them before because you don't know what they're going to say or what it's going to do. But suddenly, courage rises up in you to speak the word of God boldly. With your family, when they've called you an idiot and you keep on doing, oh, don't start all that nonsense. It is the time when we just have to be sensible but speak. These are our challenges, being crazy. This is crazy courage that Joshua had. It wasn't the fact that, you know, Joshua, the the walls fell down in Jericho. It was the fact that he took this crazy courage and, and did something with it. And this is what you've got to do today. You've got to take this crazy courage, just as Joshua did. He was given a mandate to do something incredible. And some of you have got a mandate to do something bigger than what is just the ordinary. But for most of us, it is rising up with something in us to say, I'm going to preach this word. I'm going to speak to people. I'm going to carry courage in me when I'm frightened to do those things. And so this series about craziness is taking us from where we would normally go and turn back and pull back to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I am not ashamed of this gospel. I am proud to be who I am. And I'm actually not going to push it down your throat, but neither am I going to fall back. Crazy courage. How many people want to be crazy in their courage? Nobody? Okay. You can actually, let's just show us our hands, because actually, you know, I've, I've been in services.